Welcome to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. I'll be your host, Malcolm Travers. Every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the contributors and editors of Mail Media Mind to introduce a topic of their choosing. Each week, we discuss topics ranging from politics to entertainment, lifestyle, sex and relationships, or whatever makes the news or makes us mad. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, subscribe to us on YouTube. From there, you'll get a notification when we go live. Leave your comments and questions in the Q&A and let us know what you think. Now, here's the show. And we are live. It is Sunday, January 29th, 2017. And welcome to M3 Sunday Hangout. I'll be your host, Malcolm Travers. Male Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the Black Bear community through dialogue, insight, creativity, and knowledge. Every Tuesday, uh, whenever we get started, we'd like to share our unique opinions about the world and each other and everything in between. Uh, we talk about, I don't know, politics is going to be high up on our list this week, but also like fitness, relationships, whatever makes the news or makes us mad, we talk about it. Uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, uh, go to mailmediamind.com. You'll find links to YouTube, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, but most of all, YouTube, where you can uh, leave us your comments or questions in the Q&A, or the YouTube chat is what it's called now. And um, yeah, and, you know, you can also tweet us at Mail Media Mind. I usually do updates on my phone. So uh, with all that said, let's uh, let the panelists introduce themselves. Um, I'm going to start with Xavier, who's driving right now and is on mute. He's joining us. Yes, I'm actually heading back home. How is everybody? Pretty good, pretty good. Yes. And we also have Mark Oestis, who's joining us from Tennessee. What's up, Mark? Hey, how y'all doing? Hey. And he actually is a host of the N3 Entertainment Hangout. Yes, I am. Um, and we're going to get back on it, y'all. promise. Just life has been hell. If y'all seen the previous <laughs> um, hangout I did, it just, we had deaths, we had tornadoes. We just, yeah. we, we could get back on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we also have Lonnie Richardson of Lonnie's Life Lessons and Late Night Bear Talk from Atlanta, Georgia. What's up, Lonnie? Hey, everyone. How's everybody doing? Pretty good, pretty good. And we also have Chris Impact Sutton, editor-in-chief of the LGBT Update and host of the M3 Gaming Podcast. What's up? Yeah. Yes. Trying to survive. That's what's up. <laughs> Trying to so, survive. So if you're not familiar with the format of the show, typically I just start off with some uh, trending topics, and then I uh, just do a roundtable with the contributors. If they have a topic of their choosing, I can introduce, introduce their topic. I have plenty to discuss, so if you don't have a topic, don't worry about it. But also at the end, uh, we try to do a check it out. And, uh, you know, constantly we're going to be checking for people's feedback. And it is always welcome if you have a question or comment. If it's on our topic or, you know, off topic, it's all good. If you have something on your mind, uh, let us know. So um, this week, the meme of the week had to be this uh, Hillary Clinton tipping team. It's like, uh, y'all miss me yet? Or something like that? I can't remember. Well, um, it's, it, hold on, I'm going to pull it right now because I've been getting hit up because I reshared it last night. And it's pretty much saying, 
don't call me now. Y'all were worried about emails. Uh, yeah, that's what. And I like to think. And I like to think that was Derry saying, "I'm sick of these goddamn emails." <laughs> so yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, and it's on point. It is Donald Trump had his first full week as president of the United States and damn near nearly destroyed the world. But yeah, <laughs> he is everything you thought he would be, basically. And I don't know why people, I don't know, like why <laughs> believe that he wasn't really going to build a wall. No, he's going to build a wall. Uh, that was the first thing early in the week was Paul Ryan coming out of a, a meeting with, uh, you know, staff from the White House just basically saying we priced out the wall. And it's going to be somewhere between 12 and $15 billion. They're working out the details on that. But um, apparently all concerns about the deficit went out the window because they're going to use <laughs> this new emergency spending measure. So, Because basically there are, there are rules for Congress for budgeting things, which is if you are going to create a new program, you have to cut another one. That's actually been in place even before the Obama administration. Nothing's changed about it except for emergency spending. So they're designating the wall as an emergency <laughs> and they got to allocate 12 to $15 billion mm. to stop this flood of illegal immigration. Mm. From yes. Mm. That's happening, by the way. There's no, there's no debate as to whether it's going to happen or not. It's going to happen. One thing we know for sure, though, <laughs> the Mexican government is not paying for it. <laughs> like, we well, know that for sure. There they is talk of that. There is talk. Actually, they might pay at least portions of it because obviously you can't just write them a bill and send an IOU. Uh, but I think there was supposed to be a, a, a meeting with the Mexican president about raising trade tariffs because, crazy enough, uh, 80% of goods sold by Mexico are bought by Americans. Mm. So if you were to, <laughs> it would have a devastating effect on their economy. But. Mm -hmm get them to pay for it because we buy most of their shit. I mean, that's just oh. how it goes. Um, so we we kind of do have leverage. It's an asshole thing to do. <laughs> it's the biggest asshole move ever. But you can... So do we have leverage because they have leverage? Because it's not that we buy stuff that we need and we don't produce it here and it will cost us more to get it from somewhere else. You shouldn't be going like that. Yeah, that is a really good point. Oh, yeah. I, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway... That was just on the um, top of the list of shit Donald Trump did this week. I don't know if you <laughs> the wall. It's the, yeah, it's it's. I've seen people kind of like break down, you know, the daily fuck shit that's been caused by Trump over the past week, and that list is long as hell. Like, yeah, okay, so I can go through it quickly. the The biggest thing happening today is a protest happening right now, dealing with the uh, immigration ban. Mm -hmm. It's seven countries, and those are um, indefinite. I mean, those are definite. Um, four months, I believe, three to four months of um, reevaluating the vetting process. They just put a freeze on immigration from those countries. But I guess from Syria, it's an uh, indefinite ban. Oh. Um, so that's, that's happening and people protesting. There's also a court case right now that is actually putting uh, a whole oh. executive order yeah. temporarily to re review it. But it's happening right now. People are not able to travel. Like people who were literally uh, had their plane tickets were told mm -hmm. to just go home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, the thing of it is, and I know we'll get further into this, but you have, yeah. you know, contractors and, you know, translators and people who are just traveling to these, you know, um, banned locations uh, yeah. to do work, to do services, you know, 
Exactly. Um, and now they're caught up in limbo, you know? That's, yeah, so yeah. straight up travel then. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, you remember the Dakota Access Pipeline? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's back. Yep. And also, mm-hmm. also the, uh, the the Keystone Pipeline. You remember that from back? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was on the list. Also, uh, there was this um, abortion rights uh, thing. I don't know, not abortion rights, but uh, March that yeah. happened that uh, Mike Pence showed up. To. Was that Friday or Thursday? Friday. Yeah. That was no, Friday. Yeah. Friday. So I mean, it was like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> because they've had this march for years vice president has ever shown up there have been people who like video conference or record a message to be played mm-hmm. but most administrations have wanted to keep their distance from this group and I mean, that's clear <clears throat> during one of um the the interview trump had on abc news um i want to say that was like either wednesday or thursday you know because you know trump was very caught up with Folks saying no one showed up at his um, inauguration, which was the truth. But, you know, he wanted to share his alternative facts. So to <laughs> counterattack that, he was like, you know, we have this uh, pro-life rally coming up. He was like, you know, I think there'll be more people showing up at the pro-life rally um, versus the people showing up at the women's march. And, uh, I mean, I saw a couple of pictures. I saw a lot of pictures of folks holding, like, All Lives Matter posters, you know, um, and I was also wondering where were these people or, you know, during the protests um, dealing with this immigration ban. But but, those yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, those last don't matter. But, yeah, like, yeah, the, he, Trump, Pence, they were trying to promote it because they felt like this was a way to counterattack, you know, the I guess the, the conversation surrounding the massive amount of people who are out during the Women's March and all these other protests have been going on throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I guess Xavier unmuted for a second. Did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I, I was about the alternative facts, and it was something else that they had mentioned that Trump had started doing. Um, he was talking about deporting all of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the issue that has come down with that is there are people here who are legally here that, you know, for no other reason the fact that they just don't have citizenship could get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was um, there was some story that I was listening to about a woman who had just like landed in New York off, off the airplane, and it's the first thing she sees is the band on CNN. And she walks in there. I mean, it was, I and I think she was like amongst the last people. I think she was uh, immigrating from um, Sudan. I think. Um, but anyway, uh, also I want to welcome um, two more panelists to the uh, show. We also have uh, Shaka Hassani, who uh, is the editor in chief of. Uh, get your love life, and is going to be the co-host of our new M3 Life podcast. Welcome, Shaka. Hey, hey, how's it going? Pretty good. And we also have Derek Jones, renowned leatherman and baker from New York, and also hey, uh, y'all. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you here. Uh, so we were in the middle of one of our first topics, which is Donald Trump's horrible first week, <laughs> and we got down to the immigration ban. We didn't talk about the. Uh, the gag order on the, the EPA, Department of Agriculture, or some other places. But basically... Um, the gag order on science. On Let's science. just call it what it is. The mm-hmm. gag order on science. Yeah. That happened. Like, this is some more Aurelian bullshit. 
So we're going to have to split the politics to there's M3 politics and then there's M3 Donald Trump because it's going to be the issues. Sure enough. It's so much. It's like a fucking fire hose. It is. Mm-hmm. It's so many. Here's what happened in the last hour. <laughs> it really. Exactly. Hourly update. through him. I'm only like half of you. That's how the news is covering it. They're covering him hour for hour. I mean, every yeah. hour is something new with him. Yeah. yeah. We didn't talk about the hiring freeze either. You know, that happens. That's, that's kind of normal, though. It's federally, it on federal government, that tends to happen. No, that's not just because remember they furloughed last time. Yeah, yeah. it is true. Um, I don't know about the threat to uh, defund sanctuary cities. Oh man, yeah. Um, so this I, I was not really aware of. Obviously, the federal government uh, provides cities with lots of money for different things like um, police forces and higher, you know, emergency equipment and those sorts of things. And I guess one of the things that the Trump administration has been wanting to do is uh, basically get, you know, local police officers to act as immigration enforcement officers. You know, if they are pulled over or cited for any sort of uh, crime, they want their immigration status checked and run, you know, to see if they're uh, documented. And there are many cities that are called sanctuary cities that don't do that and actively say they won't do that. Mm-hmm. They even have, you know, many cities actually have the ability for people to get like driver's license, uh, you know, help. Get find- <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, help finding work and those sorts of things. And uh, something like 20 something cities that do this. So, well, the, one of uh, the he- reasons for having sanctuary cities is you want people to. Are, are undocumented. You want people to still be able to kind of interact. Say they witness a murder. Yeah. You know, they're the only witness. You want those people to be able to come forth without fear that as soon as you get what you need from them, you're going to ship them off. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because they're, you know, because then they won't help you. Right. Yeah. Um, not only that, if um, they if something happens to them, you want them to be able to have to, to come forward and say, "This happened to me." Well, not only that, when you help people be productive, they help you taxes. Right. You know, a lot of people. Um, you know, if you want to take the more cynical view, uh, being a sanctuary city just works because <laughs> it actually helps. Uh, you know, meet your budget. <laughs> so there's that too. Um, beyond the you know the actual humanitarian side of it, there's always look where the, where's the money. <laughs> the money. Right. I always look at that side of it because I'm cynical. And that's the whole thing about these decisions that the Trump administration has been making over the past week. It's like you know how this is going to affect the bottom line in terms of our you know economy. You know, and it's like you know Trump being you know, this business tycoon, you would think that would be his first interest in mind, making yeah. money for the country. But it's like, by you, the decisions you're making, you're, you're gonna make it more difficult for us to have, you know, um, like a healthy relationship in terms of international trade and things like that. So it just seems backwards. Because we didn't even talk about, you know, pulling out of TPP, which is a mm-hmm. total boon to China. You know, if you're that's talking a, about- That's three days ago, that's history. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
But then on the trend, the ban on immigration, talk about like trying to improve the job situation. You know, someone might, uh, uh, you know, object to. I've heard this objection about people who come here and take people's jobs, but they also come here and create jobs. <laughs> wow. You know, there are plenty of people who are business owners who are immigrants. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? I, but yeah, uh, but going back to the whole sanctuary thing, I don't know if because it's hard to fo- it's it it's hard to top of everything because so much is happening. Yeah, sanctuary city thing is big for me because I live in one. I so all of this, you know, we gonna stop giving you money thing. Um. One city has already given in, Miami Dad, uh, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Already said, okay, yeah, whatever. We, we uncle, uncle motherfucker, yeah. We not <laughs> a sanctuary city anymore. Uh, California, on the other hand, has taken a very different, interesting approach. Um, yeah. You can cut us off if yeah. you want to. In turn, not send you any tax money whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is the part that's being missed is that when you're talking about cutting these cities and cutting these states off, these are very back and forth relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. They'll get something from yeah. them in return. Hmm. Yeah. You know, there this are monies that are so. Blowing back and forth, so you can you can cut me off if you want to, and I'm gonna do just the same. Let's see which one of us lasts longer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chris, you had a question. Mm-hmm. There's really not much. I mean, um, I saw a post relating to uh, California kind of taking an approach similar to the whole Brexit situation, where someone I saw I read something about like a Cali exit, where you know. The state was thinking about following South. that closely because I may be coming to y'all from California. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. So I didn't know if it was any real truth to that. You know, I don't know. If it is. They'd actually been talking about that before inauguration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the um, I guess the last thing on the list I had was this um, investigation that is uh, being put underway into the five million illegal. Votes that were cast that through that through the electoral uh, yard the pro- the popular vote to Hillary Clinton. There's an actual investigation that's going to cost money. <laughs> and and the thing like in still you know um, even in um, this current Trump presidency you know um, people within his own party are like this that's not a good idea because it's going to blow up <laughs> in your face you know what I'm saying like this is not going to work yeah. in your favor. And Trump, and like, I mean, you know, there's been several studies about the mental health and the mental state of Donald Trump. And I mean, I don't think it's really too far-fetched to say, like, he has some serious mental issues. You know, he definitely has some Yeah, but you know, he shut those down. They had the APA shut those studies and stuff down, saying they were unethical and all this other stuff. And then they cited the Goldwater Rule as their ethical reasoning. Uh, yeah. Again, an attack on science. <laughs> I can't look. I've been. This is this is what I've been. This is what I've been telling people. Everybody needs to go watch the 1983 V miniseries. You've been posting that like because, <laughs> wow, <laughs> uh, 
because <laughs> because while people get wrapped up in the science fiction of it, yeah. if you watch it, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. The thing yeah. the visitors did when they came to Earth was attack not, not only attack it, but take it over. Yeah. Yeah. The very first thing they did was take over the television studios. The second thing they did was was attack the scientists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third thing they did was start the youth program, the visitor youth program, which basically put all these kids in power. You had parents afraid of the motherfucker living in their house that they was feeding. <laughs> Wow. I was gonna we say my way to go join things. the NRA. That's what we need to do. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I really about... need to join the NRA in order to arm myself. No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just if you just had, let's say, a couple thousand African Americans go join the NRA. Do you know how mm. that would freak them out? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm all for freaking uh, conservatives out. I, I was about to ask Derek. Um, you know, I mean, I guess this is a spoiler, but how did uh, V end the miniseries? Uh, the miniseries ended when the resistance created a that they released into the atmosphere that was uh, poisonous to uh, the visitors. Okay, I'm just looking and, at you know possible solutions. And the visitors had to leave. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It was, it was, it, the, the show is a combination of War of the Worlds uh-huh. and uh, the Holocaust. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I guess there's two more things that are on my list actually that happened today or will happen in the future. Today, I guess it was announced Steve Bannon um, is going to be. I wish I had the news story in front of me. Uh, had to do with his security clearance and uh, the situation is on par with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which yep. oh, crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Steve Bannon, former editor of Breitbart News, mm-hmm. and crazy mofo. <laughs> Steve Bannon, chief chief strategist to the president of the United States of America. Mm. Yes, because the Breitbart news, we can't really fucking deal with that no more. The, he literally sits at his right hand. Mm. Yep, pretty much. He is the and hand I mean, of the king for all the Game of Thrones people out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm gonna say, are yeah, we he, still using the term alt right, or is it like neo-Nazi? Yeah, we just moved on to uh, Nazi, now. right? Yeah. <laughs> You they know, call it white nationalism, I guess. It's, white nationalism, okay. Yeah, which is to say, yeah, racist as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that did bring me joy, I mean, it wasn't really wasn't from this week. Uh, it was from the inauguration. But um, old boy, who's kind of like the, the new poster child of the um, alt-right, you know, white nationalist yes. movement. I can't think of his name. But when he got popped or um, blocked. Again, a second time. It did? Yes, some woman did the same thing. Derek he was out on the street. And it was like, pop, pop, My very last political topic, because okay. I know we talked about politics for like first 20 minutes, is just going to be the announcement of Donald Trump's pick to replace Antonin Leo. It's going to be, I believe, this week. 
and they have narrowed it down to two people. He had a list of 21 when he was running, and there are two people that I guess are reported to be in top contention. Uh, <laughs> you don't even need to read who they are in their, their biography to know who they are. You know, ludicrous, but okay. Yes, yes, they're both ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, that ha that is going to happen, and we can look forward to that. I, I don't have much else to say about it, but <laughs> elections have consequences, people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what this whole segment is about, fucking get involved, <laughs> really. But, you know, I, I will say this real quick before we jump off of this topic, a couple of quick things. Mm. Um, you know, even though I know a lot of folks, you know, are saying, like, what's the point of getting out now and protesting and marching. You should have been doing that, you know, before the election took place. But I will say, it, you know, it does bring some pride in seeing people, you know, stand up, however they decide to stand up, if that's by, you know, marching and protesting, if that's by sharing information and how we can stay educated and be more politically involved online. Cause I've been seeing a lot of folks, at least on my Facebook feed, sharing like just countless news stories and articles and, how we could be more engaged, what we can actually do. You know, like if you can't get out of March, well, this is what you can do from home. And I think that's still important too, because the reality is, is that, you know what? The election happened. It is what it is. We could talk about, you know, folks who didn't vote or folks who voted for third party or whatever. We could talk about it all day, but right now we have to deal with what we have to deal with. We have to deal with the reality of Donald Trump being in the White House. Um, so I feel that, you know, it's, it's important because I honestly can't have them discussions no more about coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I had a conversation last night. You know, when you know, um, you know, the protests took place at JFK and all these other airports um, on an immigration ban, and I was talking to somebody that's like, "Why, why, why are you protesting now? Why are you saying something now?" And it's like, I, I get it, I get the frustration, but it's like, if 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 this is what pushing people, if this is the catalyst that pushes people to be more engaged with politics, with local politics and getting more involved in doing something, then I'll take that, you know, because at least that's some type of momentum that we can build on to actually make, you know, real change, you know? Um, so, yeah. No, no, I was um, I was trying to educate someone on, you know, the history of protests, you know, mm -hmm. particularly protests dealing with the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Like, most people don't realize there was marches like every fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> Opposing the Vietnam War, like it has happened, people mm. have done it. it yes. actually make change in policy. It was, it was politically This time, that's gonna work though. I just don't think Trump cares about all of that. I don't think he gives a damn. Well, I mean, he had you know, fucking Richard Nixon who didn't give a damn. You know, you would think uh, was like the worst Republican up until that point. Mm. <laughs> the press, I think, or. A.M. Joy, one of the two. Mm. And they were actually comparing Trump to Nixon. And one of the things they said was at the end of the, at the, end of the day, Nixon was an attorney. Nixon mm. did understand the law. Yeah. Regardless of everything he did around it, he did understand and he did recognize when it was over. Um, yeah. We don't have that person in the White House right now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he, he has very little recognition on the realities of these situations. And I do honestly believe that there would be an armed force that would need to go in and take him out if he got impeached. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and not only that, like, there are some people he listens to, 
um, that are in his administration. I think there was recently a visit by the British Prime Minister, oh and I, I didn't even get to that part. But yeah. part of it, it was this huge waffle, I guess, on NATO. You know, because he's criticizing and saying it's obsolete, it's out of date, whatever. And you know, the British Prime Minister is like, you know, Donald Trump assured me that he has an unshakable, you know, belief in NATO, and it's not going to fuck it up. You know. But that press conference, that was, like you could tell, like that was, that was, Donald, that was Donald Trump two days ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I think he did that special report, and he turned around. And he said, you yeah. know, he doesn't. He can see his, he can see fracturing NATO if not if nothing else. So fracturing it doesn't mean disbanding it. True, but it does mean we're not a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, like that that whole press conference he had with Theresa May. Um, they were just going through the motions. Um, <laughs> even Teresa, she was just there. Like she didn't she didn't really because I mean the media didn't hold back. You know they they asked like direct questions, and I think um, the prime minister um, she's been very vocal on the issues she has with Donald Trump, but she didn't speak on those issues during that press conference because you know trying to stay politically correct or whatever. Somebody else out and insult them. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're not supposed, you're not supposed, you're not supposed to. to, right? But I feel like these are extreme circumstances. Like yeah. this is a little bit different. Well, one, of, yeah. well, one of the reasons I think um, someone uh, analyzed the press conference said one of the reasons she probably brought up NATO is that she wanted it to be on public record that yeah. this said privately. Yeah. You know, so there was a little bit of pushback there because uh, in a recent visit um, when. Donald Trump was running for president to Mexico, you know, I think he said in the, you know, conversation with the Mexican president that, you know, they weren't going to have to pay for the wall. And then he comes back the next day and says they're going to pay for the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that yeah. shows you a weakness, you know, with the Donald Trump. Cause it's like, again, if you want to be this bold and brazen, you know, mofo, I mean, do it in a person's face. Like, when, yeah, when he was speaking, when he was in Mexico, like, he, his whole tune was completely changed. Well, why do you think he loves Twitter so yeah. much, man? You, there you go. There you go. It is, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I said we'd get away from politics, but I did have one other topic about protests. Um, because, actually, I'm actually talking with someone about them trying to organize a protest, and uh, um, yeah, part, I don't know if he's ready to announce it yet, so I'm just saying I started working with someone actually organizing a protest and like the the hurdles to actually get one, you know, like the permits necessary to do it is a lot more than I, I thought it would be. <laughs> it's kind of expensive. I'm just, protesting is kind of expensive. Um, who knew? But uh yeah, and then on top of that, like, what are your goals, and like, what kind of um, coalitions are you willing to build um, with other uh, people? So, I posted this um, interview, I believe it was on NPR, about uh, one of the organizers of the women's protests and their plans to continue uh, marching. Basically, yeah. they said they were thinking about doing marches every week, every month or so, mm-hmm. on different issues and different coalitions, like. Uh, you know, this was the women's march, you know, do whatever march, you know, and, you know, the way she was saying is, uh, obviously protest isn't a new thing and there are other groups out there who are organizing, you know, they want to form coalitions with them and try to, 
get more organized. So uh, I kind of just want to talk about protests for a bit and what your thoughts were about the Women's March and uh, upcoming protests. I want to talk to uh, our, our guest today. So what are your thoughts about the Women's March and I guess the protests about the immigration right now or protests in general? Well, protests. Um, well, I think that, you know, protests are necessary. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, you I, for me, I did it when I was really younger, when I, you know, when I was in my like early 20s. And I haven't done a lot of it since then, because, you know, when I was in sort of the heat of the moment, like going through things, I would always try to beat my head up. Like, why, why isn't this like progressing? Why can't we see anything? Why can't we see changes? Um, but awareness, you know, awareness is a really big part of it. And, you know, there are some people who don't even pay attention to certain things until it's a protest that happens. Mm. Um, so, you know, the whole women's movement thing, I think that was beautiful to see all the women go out, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, just, just do it in the name, just, just be present in the name of women. So that was beautiful. Um, in terms of the whole immigration thing, you know, the, you know, everyone coming out, I, I, to me, I'm happy to see all of these different things happening because as a result of that, maybe, you know, someone was inspired uh, from the ACLU to go and then to put an actual stay on that legislation, yes. I mean, that executive order. So, I mean, it has, it has its benefits. It has its pros and cons. You just, you know, I think that, you know, if we concentrate on the issue instead of, you know, who's right or wrong or what have you, I think that we could get a lot more of this stuff done. And maybe that's the flip side to Donald Trump being president, because had this not happened, we wouldn't be able to cross, you know, the, the lines that we would normally cross or intersectionality or whatever you call it in order for some of these things to actually take place and happen. So, yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah. And one of the things I was going to say is that I, I, if I believe anything about Donald Trump, I believe he's a vain person seeking popularity from people. So, I mean, there's a certain level of um, where, you know, he's talking, having one of uh, the first press conference with his uh, press secretary lie about the size of the crowds at his inauguration. I think he very much cares about people liking him and having a positive view of him. So, I, you know, for those who believe that protests don't have an impact, I think it does in a certain way. However, he also has the, the capability to lie out his ass and believe a lot of bullshit. So, I mean, I very well could just rationalize any sort of large, obvious public demonstration against him and his policies, you know, away, you know, in that. So I guess I could see it both ways, but uh, I was just going to ask for you when you did do protests when you were younger, what do you think you personally got out of it? Um, release of frustration. Because, yeah. You know, when, when I, when, when I would do it when I was younger, maybe 21 years old or whatever, you know, for me, it was more like I felt like I had to be doing something instead of just like not being passionate. Of, I mean, not uh, not connecting to like the true story. I was just out there just to raise hell. <laughs> but um, uh, I think, you know, when you when we look on the news and we see a lot of these different like people that are there, um, you know, it's not that I think the young people are spearheading certain things. You know, uh, we have the uh, young, younger people have the ability to go and just like they have the time. They don't have 60 hours a week. They're putting in trying to take care of families. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to lean on them more to be able to um, or try to bridge that gap if there isn't already one in some in some capacity to make sure that these kids, you know, stay on track and, and continue to do what they do. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things that in this interview that I found interesting was, um, you know, the, the women's march trying to model themselves somewhat after the Tea Party thing. Like, instead of uh, you know just doing the marches and protests, also trying to elect candidates for office, which I think is a, a kind of a good idea. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I mean, even if it is just challenging certain uh, Democrats to take much more. Um, you know, progressive views on different issues, challenging people like Tea Party candidates did all across the country. Um, they one did, the, and they changed the, the policies of the Republican Party in, in many ways. So, uh, you know, that's a possibility. One of the things that was discussed today on um, AM Joy was the Democratic Party itself. Mm-hmm. And what it looks like and can be and what it should be. Because there's no DNC chairman right now. There won't be one until March. Right. Um, they're currently um, basically campaigning right now. Um, yeah. And I believe there are yeah. front runners right now. Yeah, there won't actually be one until March. So it's kind of like this, so the body is just kind of doing all this with no actual head in charge. Yeah. Um, but the questions that came up were, you know, will the DNC actually begin to reflect these people are made up of? You know, will they put another old white man in charge of it? Because we're kind of past that now. Yeah. You know, you 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 are supposed to be the party of people of color. Well, let's put some color in there. Um, yeah. You know, let's put an Islamic black woman in charge of the DNC. See how that works for a while. Um, let's just let's stop at you know these people that the people that you're talking to, the people that you're supposed to be representing. You know, just have one particular thing in mind, or you only need to go after one thing. That you know, blacks are just about jobs, or gays were just about marriage. You know, people are way more fractured, what's the word I'm looking for, um, complicated yeah. than that. You know, there are, there, there are things that I completely agree with from the Democratic side. There are a couple things I agree with from the Republican side. None of the hateful things, of course. Um, you know, I do believe government is too big. I believe you can't get a whole lot of shit done because you have to go through so much red tape. But, you know, I can't be over on your side because you believe in Greek stormtroopers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I saw another meme about that. Um, <laughs> where it was um... I just I was wondering personally. So, you know, the stormtroopers in Nazi Germany all wore green. Green, yeah. And the stormtroopers in Star Wars were mostly all white. There was a couple of black ones in there. Um, will Donald Trump's stormtroopers be gold? Because that's his favorite. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's I agree with the taking. You get a deeper color gold in your armor and shit. Orange, orange stormtroopers. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. I agree with taking on lessons from the Tea Party because it's obvious that shit works. It works. It really, and that's always been my big argument. It's fine that they say get out there and vote and get out there and vote, 
but we need somebody to vote for because if we vote for two crooks, then how does that help us? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and so there's no way we can make this actual thing change. So yes, I agree with not only should you march and protest and bring awareness, and I'm not going to say we got to put that on the kids because the kids, truthfully told, don't have the political pool as this person making it with this eight to five that has a certain amount of financial income and so therefore financial power. Mm-hmm. In this country, one thing we've really got to get a concrete understanding of is that money talks and bullshit walks. Hmm. I don't care what you consider the moral value of anything is. At the end of the day, the soul of America is bought and sold with who has the highest dollar. That's just yeah. what the end of the day is. You can buy a kidney if you got enough money. Sure. And there's supposed to be a waiting list. So think about <laughs> that for a few seconds. Yeah. Um, so with that being the case, uh, a McDonald's worker who only works 20 hours a week alone can't make these changes happen. Those of us in certain positions with certain types of jobs and titling is going to have to make this happen. Because when you put those people out there, then people, then the, those people in political power say, okay, I'm going to listen to this person because they have the ability to spark a conversation with more people like them. And so we start moving through the classes of America. And then that becomes a major problem which is what the Tea Party did. The Tea Party started off as a grassroots small thing with those of local uh, origin, and then it branched out into different parts of this country's financial and economic systems, and they grew themselves. Then, once they got to a certain level of growth, they started putting people in positions and, and really supporting those people in those positions to become political individuals yeah. who may have never had any political aspiration but because they have a support system and a foundation that's already there and ready for them, they said, well, we're going to support you. We need you to run. We need you to represent us. And that's what they did. And that's how they got the laws and things changed in their favor. And that's what we're going to have to do. And they also had media outlets in their favor, too. Um, yeah, they did. Alt-right and just super conservative radio was there pushing it the whole time, um, which is another thing. And and another thing I was going to bring up real quick while we're discussing protesting is that, um, you know, like I've always believed in, you know, the voice of the people. um, But I feel like that voice has to be amplified by consistency, you know. So, like, you know, it's one thing to go out and march and be a part of a protest or be a part of a movement. You have to understand that's an ongoing thing. You know, Um, it's not something you can just jump up and do for a minute and then feel like it's it's all good. Like you went out and marched at the women's march and that's it. You're good. Like it's something yeah, no. to be consistent with. And, and, and just in, 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 in the context of the women's march, um, and this is similar to like, you know, the black lives matter movement and other movements. Um, if you go to their website, they do have a plan of action. They have uh, 10 actions um, over a hundred days. Um, and these actions are, you know, there's a variety of different things, but it's, it's based on how can we build on this momentum and what can we do you know, in terms of the, the, the people's voice and being educated and actively evolved. And, um, you know, and that's, I think that's a whole nother part of it too. You know, like going out and marching is one part, but also any type of movement that you join, you know, doing the research and finding out what is the plan? What is the agenda under this movement? Like, you know, what actions will take place in trying to, you know, create some substantial change um, in terms of policies and laws? So, uh, you know, like I just recommend people checking out the, the, the Women's March website, which is womensmarch.com. They kind of break down, you know, their 100 days of action and just the whole purpose behind the movement itself. Yeah. 
That's a good recommendation because uh, I think we've talked about it before was that a lot of the marches before the development of the internet was basically a meeting point mm-hmm. for people to start their own local chapters in their own communities and to have an agenda that they push forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the march was literally just the beginning of a movement, not you know, right. the end result of it. So um, I do have another topic I want to jump to. Uh, this is going to be in our M3 life section. Um, and I think I want to bring in Lonnie because he's been muted this whole time. Because uh, we're going to talk about fitness and weight loss, but from a relationship perspective. <laughs> so, no, I guess it was Friday. Friday, I, f- I finally got fooling around with my new DirecTV. I got internet and stuff. And I'm just flipping channels trying to find something. I end up on E Entertainment Television. And there's this show hosted by Khloe Kardashian <laughs> called Revenge Body. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what the fuck? The title got me. <laughs> it pulled me in. So it's a, everyone wants makeover shows, which are a dime a dozen. But the purpose of this weight loss is to get revenge on an ex who dumped you because you were fat. Mm. <laughs> the concept just kills me. It does because it's 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 true. It's something I would do. It's something I would do. <laughs> it seems like it seems like the. Number one gym motivator of mine is revenge. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's not about me. It's like it's about all the haters that are going to just gawk about it. <laughs> so I, I just had a general question. Do you think that's healthy? Teasing <laughs> 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 with revenge thoughts. As well, if you your... lost the weight, it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever gets you in the gym, exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. That but I think in the long run, um, you know, it could cause more damage, you know, than helping the improvement of your health. Because, I mean, if, if your whole drive is to get revenge, you know, well, what happens after you get that revenge? You know what I'm saying? Or exactly. if you don't get that revenge or whatever, you know, what's going to be your motivation then? I, I, I did, I did want to hear from Lonnie because he's the one on the panel that has done the oh. thing. Yes. If you hadn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he has the revenge body. He does. Oh, um, okay. I used to have the revenge body, but um, but yeah, I whatever would get somebody in the gym um, to make them make some changes in their lives, I say go for it. Um, I also think that once you get to a certain point, you start out, you may start out wanting revenge over something or someone. But once you conquer that, there's always that next step. And I think everybody always gets to that next step. Like, okay, I've done this. What's next? So I think right. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I feel you on that. But like Chris said, what happens when you get the revenge and then, you know, you go back to eating two Big Macs and a larger bit of fries? <laughs> Ooh, okay, I got that I got that sense of self-satisfaction. What happens next? Yeah. Well, I can't speak for what ifs and for somebody else, um, but for facts, I know for me is that it's worked um, for me, um, and it allowed me to, I guess you would say, improve myself in other areas of my life. I started out wanting revenge over an ex, and I got the revenge, and I moved on, and I mean... We can sit here and talk about what if this and what if that, but I think that whatever helps you lose weight, 
whatever helps you improve your fucking life, you should go for it. Because yeah. once you do it, it's going to push you to the next level. And I don't know too many people that have never been pushed to the next level because of something like this shit that we're going through with Donald Trump. This is the catalyst that's going to help us get to the next level. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. No, I, I mean, I've used it. And honestly, when I looked at the show, I was like, if I'm really being honest with myself, um, there is a certain healthy revenge that you can have over people where, you know, people say success is the best revenge, you know, having some money, having a hot body <laughs> is a great form of revenge. It is. It feels so sweet. And once you have it, you don't want to let it go. I mean, there's a there's a point to that, too. Mm-hmm. That once I, you I, I guess I just I've never been that person. Um, yeah. Cause my, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not judging it. I'm just saying my personal thing. You break up with me because I'm fat. Okay, well, you know, that's that's your fucking loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me being thin is not yeah, going to change the fact that you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, here's another one that showed up on the show. Um, and another question. Would you lose weight to try to get back with someone? Because I think one of the episodes showed someone, you know, the day his partner moved out, said, I no longer am attracted to you. And, you know, he finally got an apartment. The day he moved out, he went to the gym. <laughs> it said it felt like it was the stars aligning in a certain way because it made him feel good or whatever. But ultimately, he wanted to get back with the person who broke up with him instead of getting revenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's not, you know. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? I think, like, um, you know, we all have things that take place in our lives that, that motivates us to, you know, try to do better and become more healthy, whatever it may be. But I feel that a lot of times when I hear folks talking about like, you know, I lost weight because I was trying to get revenge or I lost weight because I was trying to get with someone. I feel like the issue that I have with that, I guess, is that I think the first, you know, I guess drive that you should have in trying to become a more healthier you is to like love yourself first. You know, Thank you. Um, and I think when you're so focused on what someone else thinks of you or getting back at someone else, like not saying that doesn't mean that you you don't love yourself, but I think you're taking away um, time that can be invested into just loving yourself and not being so stressed about what someone else is thinking. Because, you know, you, you look on social media, you know, just in general, and you see so many people who are, are obsessed with getting validation from others you know, um, you know, who who may not even know them as a person, but just knows them as, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, someone who has a nice looking body or whatever. And the thing of it is that that can motivate you to go to the gym and keep your body tight. But, you know, after a while, I don't know, it's, it's just something that I feel like you can never really find full satisfaction from because you're still trying to reach this goal of getting attention or validation for someone else or getting revenge or whatever it may be, you know? So, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not something that you can use to kind of take you to the next level. Like, um, yeah. you know, like what was brought up earlier, but I, again, I feel like, you know, I think step one should be just loving yourself first. That should be your yeah. main focus in terms of losing weight, getting healthy, whatever it may be. Well, one of the things I've heard is, is part of a, a change in your life is like a three um, step approach to changing yourself, which is actions, um, thoughts, and feelings. Like all these things have to sort of align. And one of those things can come before the others. Like you can take action before you're ready to love yourself. You know, 
going to the gym is an act of love, right? I mean, it's a sacrifice. You're literally sacrificing your time and energy and pain to make yourself better. So, I mean, maybe it's not coming from a place of love, but you're doing a loving act on yourself. And maybe the feelings come later when you start to realize like this sacrifice I make every morning is for me, mm-hmm. you know, like but it's not, maybe, but, but I guess, but, but, but it's not for you. Yeah. The I mean, I said you might- if the motivation, if the motivation of the action is I want to get up and I want to go to the gym because my stomach is at a place where I am not comfortable. Right. Dude. If it, your motivation is, I need to get up and go to the gym because this motherfucker dumped me, and, no, I, and he was too superficial. No, that's what I was getting at. Is that any change what was inside? Is, is him right? It's so I was gonna say, like the motivation. You're right. Um, is outward directed. I'm saying the action itself. You know, devoid of the thoughts and feelings behind the action is a self-care action. Even if you're not fully aware of it. Even if you're not fully aware that you're actually doing something that's providing yourself, like at the end of the day. That's that's what I'm saying. It naturally leads to thoughts and feelings that you love yourself because you're doing this loving act. Is what I'm getting at. Can you just start with just loving yourself? (laughs) You could. Can that be just a first action? But it's it's a little bit more complex than that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, for instance, if you want to start feeling better about the way you look, you might want to go get a haircut and clean yeah. up, um, and then you'll feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Same deal with the gym, you know? Sometimes you just have to take the action first, and the feelings come later. I just feel like now, and I'm pretty sure there's been, like, tons of studies done, you know, about, you know, this, this social media era that we live in now and how that affects our mental health, our physical health. Like, I, I've read so many different articles revolve around that. But I feel like, you know, it's it's definitely a, a different time in terms of how we look at self-care because self-care yeah. has completely changed over the past 10 years versus, you know, probably what our parents, you know, or people prior to our era had to live with in terms of taking care of themselves. Because now it's like we're reminded daily of, you know, what is, I guess the, the the standard of what we should all look like or what is appealing in, t- in terms of, you know, people who have a better opportunity of having a larger data, a dating pool or whatever. Like, like I think the standards have changed and that's also changed how we, how we look at providing the proper self care, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know, but it's, it's, it's definitely, I think a, a more complicated discussion and it, it, it depends on the person too, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so that was mine, Revenge Body. I don't know. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, but I want to give everyone a chance to introduce a topic of their own because uh, I've been going for the past hour or so on uh, a random random shit. Um, Mark, did you have a topic uh, entertainment uh, related? Or Mark is not on here. He dipped out. My bad. <laughs> Anyone else uh, have a topic of their choosing if they want to present one? I play more. I have a topic, and the topic is about where to meet guys, or okay. what's the best place. Is there a place, or uh, is it more about the place, or is it more about the opportunity? That's, I guess, the question that I wanted to pose to the group. So, how did this um, question come about? Well, the question came because actually, it's about something that somebody gave me in terms of a topic, a subject to write about, and. Um, 
you know, it was, I've actually, I'm, I'm halfway done. I've actually started writing on it, but I think that, uh, I think that's a good topic to introduce to the group, to introduce to the panel. If there's a such well, thing when it comes to like, if you, if you are going into it with dating or if it's a sexual thing or, you know, whatever you're going to take to that particular moment. I did have like an insight that came um, New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> I had a, and we know I went to a party. I go to the parties because people drag me to them. I don't like them, <laughs> but I got dragged to a New Year's Eve party. Okay. And it, and ended up meeting someone there. And it turns out that we met before on some of these dating apps and thought about just how much of an asshole he was to me on these dating apps. But when I met him in person, was a cool person. And I was, and I started to think like, was he cuter dude, in person than he was on the app? He was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> he was very cute. Um, and his picture didn't do him justice. This is true. Uh, but <laughs> so that could have shaded. Yeah. And liquor, copious amounts of liquor were had. <laughs> this is true. Um, so maybe he was just a little more chill. I don't know. I just felt like through the app, the, the hunt for Dick, it was so hard. <laughs> that we couldn't, you know, it was, it was just like, if we ain't fucking, we ain't talking type deal. Mm. Like, I just want to have a conversation. Hello, you know, like something like that. But, uh, you know, having had the conversation up front, well, I guess changed the whole dynamic. So maybe that was my first thought when you talked about places. But, and can I, mm. can I, I want to ask a question, but I really don't want to get all up deep in your... No, it's okay. Um, what app was the app that you all... <laughs> It was uh, jacked. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah. which is most of the sex. Mm-hmm. A hunt but, for sex app. A hunt for sex yeah. app. That's interesting because even like in a description, it doesn't say sex. It doesn't say hookups. And it says chat and dating. So how like how does that? I, you know become? what? I've never. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never used Jack before. Okay. So I don't. Know what, so I don't, so I don't know what it says. I'm putting it under that? an umbrella. And if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, then please. You never use it, but you put it under umbrella. I put it under an umbrella. I'm putting under um, okay. the app umbrella on them, like um, yeah. Grinder and. The only one I ever used was Growler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and again, I was very clear what Growler was about. Mm-hmm. Growler's <laughs> about when we can hook up and fuck. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, you're right. It did not say that. But neither does the description of the bathhouse say come <laughs> here and get fucked. It says it is a place for men to go and work out and re- luxuriate and relax. Oh, wow. And it doesn't say, if you are the whore Babylon, this is the place for you. <laughs> but, very true. My point, you don't go to the bathhouse in order to find people for stimulating conversation. I'm not saying you can't find stimulating conversation in the bathhouse. I'm saying nobody has paid their 20 plus dollars to go to the bathhouse in order to discover, in order to discuss existentialism. Mm. (laughs) 
Those huh? apps are very much the same way. You know, the initial okay. conversation is, is a feel-out conversation. And I feel that you should meet the person outside of your home, <laughs> their home, and just in order to make sure that the motherfucker's not going to eat you in a bad way later on. <laughs> oh, Today okay. is about getting your dick wet. And I'm okay with that. I got no problems with it. I got no issues with that. So, I think that if you are trying to date, you should probably not be using one of those apps. Mm. That's the thing. I don't know. For me, I I need a certain level of conversation to assess whether or not you're going to be in a bad way. Again, I understand that. I get you. (laughs) Conversation where we talk about because the guy was like, because what you said, the guy was like, yeah, if you know, if you ain't fucking me, why are we talking? And I no. again, I understand. You, I want a certain level of conversation because I want to gauge your level of crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would go on these apps when I use again when I use Growler. I would go on there assuming your ass was crazy, and the cuter you were, the crazier you are. <laughs> and then it's your job through conversation to talk me down to meeting you in a public place. So true. It's so true. Did you have any bad experiences? Like when you when you use those apps, I've used Growler, but I didn't use Growler that much. Um, I was an A for A person. Mm-hmm. My more horse days, A for A was the hot thing. Yeah, it was. And I had a mixed bag. I had some. I, I, I met some really good people. I met some people. I was like, "Ooh, you got to get the fuck out of my house." Mm-hmm. Um. I had codes with friends, you know, okay, some motherfuckers coming over, call me in 20 minutes because I might need an emergency. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had a mixed bag of them. Yeah. You know, I, I say like one of my tricks is um, if I'm doing an anonymous hookup, I always like take a selfie and send it to a friend. Like the two of us in a selfie. It's like, this is who I'm with. You have the location data. <laughs> like this you, have, you have people that have had a problem with that. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm okay with you having a problem with that because that that makes my job a lot easier. Eliminating you as a potential. Mm-hmm. All right, this guy that you met on Growler, did he not have a Facebook page? Because everybody on Growler or Adam, I've came across their Facebook page, and I can kind of engage them what they put on their Facebook profile or Facebook page. Yeah, he he did. It was a nominal page, like it was there, but he wasn't active, you know. Mm-hmm. And the photos were not of him, so. So you could have had a secondary page too, you never know. Yeah, so it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It could have just been a fake name or whatever. I think it was actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some people are Facebook uh, averse, and mm-hmm. yeah, there are some people who don't have Facebook. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, in this situation, I felt that his missile-guided directive to get some dick just made him a horrible human being. <laughs> wow. That's what I was getting at. And when he was in a more social, relaxed situation, we got to talk to him and everything. We actually had some things in common, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know. hey, I'm sorry, repeat that one more time. No, I was just saying, once we got to meet in person... And we, you know, started having some common, you know, 
commonalities between us and had a decent conversation. It was all on, you know. And you guys were not texting back and forth, 120 characters back and forth. Exactly. We were sitting in front of each other getting drunk <laughs> or watching. <laughs> Actually, I love. And that was my first time ever actually having some random dude kiss at me. <laughs> I gotta say, it's like some dude I just met, and yeah. we were popping it off. I was like, "Oh, I get this now. I get it. It's cool." <laughs> and I was about to just add on to that, like you know, um, you know, because I, I, you know, I've had like a bunch of conversations. I'm sure a lot of folks on this panel have had conversations like this. Is like black gay man, a black same gender lover man, or however you identify, like basically being black male and not straight. Like it's difficult navigating through the dating world because, you know, I would prefer, I would love um, if we live, we all lived in a safe space where we could go to our local grocery store, just be hanging out. And if we see a guy that we're attracted to for whatever reason, we go up and talk to him and introduce ourselves and have a normal conversation and meet them and meet them in a way where it's not, Surrounded by sex, you know. Um, I thought that was Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, I can't really speak on that. Like when I've been to Atlanta, you know, I've had you know a variety of different experiences, but still, I, I haven't been in the space where I've just been out and about and felt comfortable enough to just walk up to a guy just in a public space. But I don't live in Atlanta either, so you know. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely I live in Detroit. But even in Atlanta, yeah. you can't do that. Even if the guy is gay, a lot of them would still take offense to somebody walking up to them. So yeah. I don't even think that living in Atlanta is the response for that, or even the fact that the guy is gay is the response for that, because you have a lot of guys who would feel like, you know, you're trying to pick out on or whatever yeah. thought process they're going to have. Can, right. take it as a, just take it as an insult that they're on. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, that's like a the, the dating process is, you know, tricky. It's, it's difficult in a lot of ways. But from my prior experience, and this is how I just, I feel more comfortable being in spaces where I can meet a person face to face and I can have like a conversation with them, like in a social space. Um, and, and, and this space not being like just a bar in a club or a bathhouse. So like for me, like recently, just yesterday, actually, um, I went to this uh, art gallery. Um, it was they had um, an exhibit on black identity and redefining the black body. Um, and, you know, it was a very diverse and like creative bunch of people. But there was a lot of folks that I was kind of familiar with, either off of Facebook, social media, who I've met prior, maybe met in the bar, maybe met in the gay club um, who I knew were gay. And I was able to kind of like sit down with these individuals and speak with them in a setting where I didn't feel like I had to yell or scream or I was like intoxicated where somebody was fucking in a corner and I just felt a lot more comfortable. You know, it was, a, it, was it just in, in terms of dating, like not just going out and getting a hookup, it felt like it was a more healthier space for that. So I would recommend like, if you have interest, like if your interest is music, if your interest is whatever, maybe sports, try to find spaces, um, like that where you can go and there's hopefully some type of like, I don't know, demographic of people who do fit into the, you know, the gay, bi, same gender loving, you know, demographic and like, and, and try to kind of like connect with people there. Like try to find people in spaces where you have similar yeah. interests, where you connect with someone who has a similar interest to you. Um, and it's, that's still and, difficult, but yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and the tip, turn on your growler. They and might, that, and that, that helps too, right, yeah. <laughs> you might, that helps. They might be zero feet away and you're like oh that helps yeah it's, it's like pokemon go but that can, that can actually go both ways because depending on what photos there you can avoid them 
Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's just information. It's not. And, I, and, and, and I just, I just want to point out, I'm not disagreeing with what Xavier said because hmm. I'm sure that whole thing about Atlanta is true. All I know is that for the six, seven months that I resided in Atlanta, <laughs> it appeared that men had no issue coming up out of the blue mm-hmm. and having a conversation. Conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was, again, that was my experience. I understand everybody's experience. Is not the right. Same. Yeah. yeah. That was a, a really good topic. Because um, I think we actually had um, someone leave a comment on one of our videos similar to that. And um, he was making it very specific New Jersey. And I was like, I've never been in New Jersey. <laughs> but, it's like, where do I meet someone in New Jersey? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. But uh, maybe this um, Oh, yes. I forget. Yeah. Very, very close. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that was a question someone left. Uh, maybe that was for you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he may have to hop on a train. <laughs> well, now I will say this. It appears mm-hmm. as though, because you know, I, I visit Jersey upon occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, it appears as though Jersey is getting, especially Jersey City, mm-hmm. seems to be expanding out, and there's a number of things happening, and you just have to like it, it's it's essentially what Chris said. You have to those events that speak to you. Mm-hmm. Because chances are, you know, we we're everywhere. And again, yeah, I, I, and, I was about to say, and, and I'm assuming we're we're speaking specifically about dating. Like we're not talking about mm-hmm. trying to get a quick hookup and fucking and forgetting about somebody the next day. We're talking about like someone that you can actually, you know, possibly build a relationship with, but at the very least date them. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah. 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 And so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm also gonna say how I'm also going to say house parties because house parties are yeah. a good place to actually That's a good meet one too. people. Yeah, in the gym, hey. <laughs> people. Are yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm going to meet nobody in the gym that I want to date. I don't know. Like I, I, I like it, at a very yeah. I'm just saying, you at least are taking care of yourself. Like that's a, a good plus right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when I was when I was in my very very young years. Um, in ballets, there were like there was ballets all over the place. Um, but there was one ballets in particular where all the kids went, and that was the hookup ballets. So I would actually go all the way to from the south side to the north side of Chicago to actually work out, and then I would stop at the one downtown. Mm-hmm. Which was the hookup one, just to see <laughs> what I could see, mm-hmm. just to shop around. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> get your workout in and get your second workout in, right? And then get get your workout <laughs> and you get work. Right. Uh, it's so true, though. Oh, I, t- yeah. I, I don't know. That might be an aside, but I was telling someone like, if you're a big you boy, know, I'm, listening these, I'm listening to some of these stories. I was a bit of a whore in my younger years. <laughs> I was like, I, was the party. I didn't want to say nothing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, if you're a big boy and you're not working up a sweat, you're not doing it right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, uh, it needs- <laughs> like, no. But anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, did anyone else have a topic? I have some others. Um, 
related to no. all my politics. topics are politics related because yeah, it's that I'm telling you right now. I'm watching three things. I'm watching hmm. MSNBC, or I'm watching He Man or She. <laughs> Didn't Netflix is about right? That's my, that's my counterback. They have to yes, it's on Netflix. He Man okay. and She are on Netflix, and no, right. that's my counter to mm. everything going on in the world right now. There you go. <laughs> well, um, Power, honor of Skull in order to balance out, because otherwise, you know, and, and I've told Jared this, he'll come home and I'll be circling in the motherfucking spiral in the dining room <laughs> over this shit. Well, I was also going to just put it out there to the audience. Um, Chris, are you able to check the Q&A or the... Uh, I just jumped in there a minute ago. Well, I just saw a post. Oh, yes. Uh... Legionnaire Onyx just posted, uh, yes, Derek, you were a bit of a slut, but with a heart of gold. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Who said that, Chris? Legionnaire Onyx. <laughs> he was even there, he could say. <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty good. But, uh, but no, also, I, I did have. I, w- I was going to ask Mark if he had an entertainment topic, but uh, we were kind of talking about Chandraland ahead of time. I don't know if anyone wants to do it, but it came back this week, and we were talking about we were talking about people spoiling stuff. And I, I have to bring it up again because I finally got live TV, so now I, I don't have to get spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I can put that shit on pause, so I can fast forward through the fifteen minutes of commercials, and then hit play and enjoy the rest of the show. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's spoilage. I I don't know if we talked about it, but how do you feel about people, you know, spoiling? What do you think are the rules on spoiling shows? Because I, I know there's a lot of premieres coming up. Well, uh, okay, I think I'll say I'll say this. I have been accused of being a spoiler, but I am not a spoiler. I am a commenter. Because I never tell you what has happened. Yeah. Comment on what has happened. But if you're not watching it, you won't necessarily understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you watch Scandal this week and, you know, you saw what the election outcome was and right. I posted a picture of a bathtub that said my... Spiteful petty plates. Mm. You're watching the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and you're going to laugh because that shit was hilarious. <laughs> if you're not watching the show, that's not really a spoiler. You know I'm talking about scandal, but you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm, so right. I don't consider that right. spoiler. Yeah, no, I mean, Mark talked about the one from How to Get Away with Murder. I guess he was about, you know, mm. Wes. Uh, you know, because I didn't. <laughs> I I did happen to see it um, live that week, um, luckily, because I I saw the same thing, and I was just thinking like how. You know, some people go to sleep like we were just saying, like you're tired by that time when it comes on. Uh, sometimes you get to see the whole show, and it's on your DVR. You know, um, what what do you feel are the guidelines for someone revealing something so pivotal, which is the picture? One of the characters' dead bodies is <laughs> unmistakable. This person uh, and go R.I.P. 
<laughs> I mean, I now, people, go ahead, go ahead. I think that people should, you know, if you know that it's a possibility of someone or something happening or somebody saying something, just completely shut it all I'm, I'm out. Amen. Turn off your social media. Amen. Yes. Amen, brother. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> just turn it off. For the fact that you couldn't stay up till 930. Turn your head right. off. <laughs> well, I mean, it is true that sometimes you're just bored and you're flicking through it and it happens so fast. You're like, fine. But again, that, that goes back. You know, I mean, now we're living in a time. Yeah, and even on top of that, it's like, you know, information is being shared, like, at an instant moment, constantly, you know, on all the social media platforms. And I, and this is what I tell folks, like, if you're going to participate, you know, in all the social media goodness that's going on, you have to realize that comes with some cons. And those cons are in terms of, like, shows and stories being spoiled. I mean, it's, just, it's part of the culture now. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 I don't think it's any real... It's, it's no real fix to that because the only way that you can escape it is like, you know, what was brought up earlier, turn your phone off, you know, stay off of social media until you catch up on that show or that film or whatever it may be because otherwise it's going to be there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's too many people. And, and now, folks, everybody wants to be first. Everybody yeah, wants they, to be on top of the trending topic. Everyone wants to be in the conversation. And that's enjoyable and that's fun, but you have to realize, you know, everyone doesn't have the luxury of being able to, you know, watch shit live or, you know, be on top of every topic. So, I mean, the only way that you can really escape it, to be totally honest, is just turn your phone off. Don't jump on Facebook. Don't jump on social media for a few hours or a day or whatever time it takes for you to actually catch up on that show or that film that you really want to see and not be spoiled on. That's the only yeah. real solution. Themselves are now live tweeting and yeah. live Facebooking while those shows are on. Right. Right. The scandal are live tweeting right now while the show is on. You have folks who have literally, you know, been able to build a career out of lot. I'm about to say, like, look at M3. <laughs> like, but to some degree, like you you have networks, you have like you know, um, YouTubers, their whole thing is to live stream and have these conversations about these shows right when they're airing or these films right when they come out. Like, that's their whole thing. That's how they bring in viewers. That's how sometimes they even pay their bills. So now it's not even just about like people are doing it for fun. I mean, sometimes this is their livelihood. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I can't really knock it. If that's how you get by, if that's how you deal with the day, if that's how you bring in your money, go for it. You know, I just have to do what I have to do to avoid it sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I need like some sort of uh, spoiler filter or something. <laughs> that could help though. Yeah. They yeah. He's gotten out the habit of doing that. Yeah. It's just that hard. Like uh, just like scandal, how to get away with murder for the next two hours. Nothing. Paying into that. Yeah. But then of course that requires that people actually mark their posts. Yeah. Which they don't do all the time. So yeah. So anyway, but that was my thing. I'm just talking about direct TV at this point. <laughs> well, I, have a, I have a question. I have a question. I have a topic. Okay. Okay. Uh, of uh, one of my uh, leather brethren posted this as a question, and I thought it was a really good question. Friend hmm. um, cheats on you with your best friend. Mm-hmm. You more angry with. Hmm. Wait, say it again. 
me, I'd be angry for myself for not being able to catch it. <laughs> you know. It's I like, missed the question. What, was, what, what did I miss the signals? Like how did how did I miss it? The question, it the question yeah. was your your boyfriend cheats on you with your best friend. Oh. Who are you more angry with? Oh. I'm the best friend. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but you know, boyfriends come and go, but best friends kind of last longer. Like for me, and I've actually had this happen. So <laughs> I was, uh, I was much more mad at my best friend for doing it. Yeah. The thing is, we eventually made up and we're we're cool, but we're never gonna be like tight like we were. And uh, this dude was gonna cheat on me anyway, so you know. <laughs> that was what was gonna happen. Um, but you know, you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it, dude. <laughs> you know who you are. You didn't have to do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it happens. So. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, I feel like if you've been close and close enough, call someone your best friend. In my case, it was like 15 years. Like we've known each other, you know, more than half our lives. It's a kind of a deep thing, deep wound, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though, on a certain level, I had to admit to myself that I knew who my best friend was, <laughs> out of character. So, you know what I'm saying. So there's that. Angry at myself or <laughs> that that side of it. You got a comment? Okay. Gay pride, sex, homo, love, LA bite says, "Hey, bitches." <laughs> Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> that name, though. <laughs> but yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, so that was on the list. Love I mean, you I, got no answers for you? Uh, yeah, I think we talked about the, the whole... Sorry. I'll tell you another like variation on that question that was always interesting is a, date, a friend dating an ex. Uh, in particular, an ex See, that's that you still have friends. See, I think that's different. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if it's, a, if it's your ex, then... Well, sometimes it's not... Some, uh, let's just say it's an ex that your best friend knows you are still crushing on and still have feelings for. And the reasons that you're not together are somewhat legitimate, obviously. You know, if you could be together, you would be. But, you know, the fact that your friend on some level that is going to cause you strife and go through it anyway... Like how you feel about it because they know they know how you feel about it. Hmm. Not like a um, now I haven't had that one happen, but I'm just saying there've been situations where people clearly know that by dating this person they're going to stress their friendship and do it anyway. You know, I don't know necessarily you should be surprised when your friend's upset because you knew you knew it was going to stress and you did it anyway. So just you know, take take yeah. the rap. I think that one's a little different because you're not, if you're not actively dating the person. But Derek, this might be the one that they're seeking revenge, revenge over. So they're in the gym trying to get their body right so they can, um, like, fuck you, bitch. Like somewhere in the they end up getting the surprise. Yeah, in the back of their mind, like, when I get my money right, when I get my body right, you know, me and Tyrone are gonna hook up. You know, make it love thing happen, <laughs> and then your best friend comes along, and he and Tyrone are like, 
you know, making out in front of you. Like, that's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I would be to don't date my exes. <laughs> if we're cool and we're friends and, and if you know that as my friend, they're off limits. And because I'm very clear with my friends about, you know, listen, we're done. That doesn't mean that you that you dig your your claws in. Back up. <laughs> I, think that, I think I think I think you have to take them on. A, I I think like uh, I think you're right. I think like Chuck said, you have to take it on a case by case basis. I mean, I have friends who have dated people that I found attractive. You know, yeah. if you and him went out for a month or whatever, and then y'all stopped seeing each other, I mean, that wasn't no deep meaningful connection or no shit like that. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to, you know, y'all got a little past the gate and then fell out. That motherfucker's free game. If you was with that motherfucker for two, three years and y'all bought a house and shit together and then mm-hmm. you broke up and, you know, got to sell the house and shit. No, I don't care how attractive that motherfucker is. I ain't fucking with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, those are questions that I definitely get asked uh, frequently. And I mean, honestly, there's no right answer. I think it's what's right for you. Uh, I, I think a lot of people just want to hear other people's opinions on it, and you know, kind of you know figure out where they stand and so forth. Because I know, like for myself, a lot of times I have not really expressed it because I just felt like it was, um, I don't know, it looked bad for me <laughs> for having you know, feelings of jealousy for somebody who. You know, you haven't been dating for a while. Like, I wouldn't say anything about it because I'm like, why am I still feeling something? <laughs> I feel, and even though I'm clearly feeling some kind of way, mm. you know. But those are your. But unfortunately, those are your feelings, and other people cannot be responsible right. for your feelings. This is true, and especially if you never express them to them. I think that's the difference. Especially, yeah. Yeah, like if you've expressed that feeling for someone clearly, like the way Shaka was saying, like his friends know they don't warn him, like off limits. <laughs> and if you break that, then that is a choice you make, you know? Right. right. Uh, I hope that dick and ass was worth it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. Might happen. <laughs> but anyway, um, I was going through some of the trending topics and we didn't have anything. Else prepared. Um, everything is politics. Yeah, everything whoever is very- fucking, whoever, whoever fucking thought that Dick Cheney and company were not, in fact, the devil, but were just minor conjure demons. <laughs> <laughs> like, right now, would be like, you know what? Bush and Cheney could come back. I'd be all right with that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. bad. Um, I, you know, one of them had to do. Um, with the science man, because we just rushed through some, some of them. Um, I was getting into a conversation with someone about climate change. And what's interesting, you know, when I did a little research on it and was reading up about climate science is, you know, the discovery of the greenhouse effect is over 180 years old. It's almost 200 years old. Uh, it's something that happened years ago, like discovering how CO2 traps, you know, energy in a greenhouse and so forth. People saw the writing on the wall a long time ago. And to me, the conversation I was getting into with my friend about was um, the motivation. He didn't understand the motivation for people opposing uh, climate science and climate research. It's like, 
you know, why would they say it's a hoax unless it really is? Like if they really feel like there's a possibility that it's a hoax. And I was like, okay, we'll take a step back and look at, um, you know, the Trump administration right now. You got, um, forget what his name is, James Mattis, who's the new defense secretary, who is actually a pretty good pick, I have to admit. Like, I don't like the idea of uh, Donald Trump going to war with anyone, but you couldn't have picked a better strategist. He's actually kind of a scholar on insurgency. Highly respected for that. Anyway, he happens to include climate change in his assessment of threats to the United States. He does. Like, you know, in his assessment, it's like, there really is no argument as to whether climate change is happening. It's happening. Uh, the people are arguing over now is how much human activity has led to it and what we can do about it, you know? So on that level, it seems clear like you, climate change being a hoax is not even, you know, an intellectually supportable argument <laughs> because it's happening in front of us. Um, but then you have like the people. I'm sorry, Malcolm. What does intellect have to do with any of this? Well, you know, because <laughs> people do not believe in climate change. People believe that it's all. That's just the truth. These are also usually the same people who want to teach creationism in schools. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, it's definitely a, a level of like motivated reasoning behind that. And also just like opposition research. So, um, you know, the Sierra Club, I think, has a lot to do with the reason conservatives are opposed to climate change in such a hard way. Because the Sierra Club was maybe the first really strong left-leaning organization that happened to be pro-environment. So I think there's just a, a large cohort of conservatives and Republicans who just see, you know, all these lefties for, you know, preservation of the environment. And like, well, we're against it. Just out of principle, because all you fucking hippies love it, <laughs> uh, and that's just—it's just not really the case. Like I, I said in a previous, you know, there's a many conservatives who um, who took up environmental protection as a um, as a cause, not necessarily climate change, but like you know, clean water, clean air, you know, thriving forests, those sorts of things. And so I'm just saying that um, you take it to this next level. I think. It's one of an aversion to leftist ideas and an aversion to science in general. <laughs> Let's just say, especially when it opposes anything you believe in, you know, religious beliefs, you know, clearly tie into that as well. But uh, yeah, like if, if you're you're just much more willing to question it when it comes from your opponents. Um, your ears, you're looking for the contradictions rather than the com the confirmation of that information. So. I mean, there's that level. And then there's the level of money, which I always have to go down to. Fixing this problem is going to cost a lot of money, and people are just motivated to not believe it because of the costs. You know? And so there's that. And so that was my rant. It's, it's just not just fixing the problem is going to cost a lot of money. Fixing the problem is going to have to higher change in how we do things, which is going to cost people, people like us, regular everyday people, money. I mean, 1% people money. Yeah. 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 And I mean, yeah. And yet, you know, <laughs> they're not, they won't blink an eye at the but you know, I'm not, I'm, the, the 
the whole save the the whole save the planet movement is not truthful anyway because it's not about saving the planet it's about saving the people the planet yeah. will be fine if we nuke this motherfucker the mass will still be here it will be okay we won't be able to live on it anymore it's fine well, it will do whatever the fuck it needs to do to go on without us yeah I think I saw some science fiction type deal kind of reminiscent of Fallout where people went to go live underground and you know refined oxygen from water or something like that I don't know <laughs> yeah, I mean there's a, like you know and, and there's a point at which um, I think that would be necessary anyway um, but anyway I mean that's whole science fiction is ridiculous like what we're talking about now is just you know recycling some of the carbon emissions you know taxing you, you actually include the real cost of cleaning up your mess to the production of the energy that you're creating you know this just seems like a common sense thing. And then, of course, if it's an issue with taxing people, just offset it on a different tax. And I'm pretty sure when um, Al Gore suggested the carbon tax, he included offsets, you know, so that it wouldn't affect the budget. Like, you're not taxing more. You're just taxing differently. <laughs> you know, you can, you can have a, a subsequent decrease in income taxes and move it over to carbon taxes because... I mean, it's been proven that if you tax things that you want people to do less of, it works. Like, you know, with cigarettes and sugar and, you know, whatever else you want to increase the use of. If you tax carbon, people will cut back on their carbon emissions. Oh, yeah. So, simple. Well, that's all right. Soon we're going to tax everything that comes from Mexico, and we won't be using none of that shit. You're right. You're right. I've really gotten used to putting avocados in my regular everyday diet. Not I didn't think about the avocados. You really messed me up with them. <laughs> it's true though. Uh, avocados, if they don't go dump up in price, yeah. they will at the very least be harder to find, you know. Mm. So, smuggle I mean, them into the fucking country. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. And yeah, how I mean, will I make my avocado French fries then? I don't know. <laughs> so um so yeah that was on my list of uh, things political but there was also this um this story out of bainbridge georgia uh about a police chief who, who apologized for allowing a man to be lynched 75 years ago so oh. the basic story is very much in the light of emmett Till, but it, you know Happened before Emmett Till and was not necessarily as publicized, but is uh, Bainbridge, Georgia, kind of between, uh, I guess, between here and Atlanta, like in the middle of the state. And, um, you know, it's the same deal. This guy, young man, I don't think he was 20, maybe 19 years old, um, accused of whistling at a white woman or having touched a white woman or something that got everyone angry and vicinity of a white woman. He was in the vicinity of a white woman. <laughs> because there's this pre-existing narrative that we're sexual outcasts raping white women. So, I mean, they're hyper-vigilant about it and super racist. <laughs> time, obviously. Um, and I guess when at the time of uh, the lynch, it was a mob came for this guy 
And uh, I believe he was either in police custody or, you know, the police were aware of his location and did nothing to prevent this mob from making a meeting. Um, yeah. So the police chief issued this apology. I, I listened to it. You know, it seemed like, um, you know, a kumbaya moment or whatever. But I guess I always have that, like, cynical part of me that wants to, wants to dissect and analyze exactly why this, why now. And I uh, kind of want to just put out there to our contributors and to our audience what your opinion is of such apologies. I know you probably didn't hear about this story, but it happens on a larger scale in many different places. Um, people trying to make amends, really, for past racial injustices. Um, I know there was actually an article in, I want to say it was the New York Times, uh, from the woman who started the Emmett Till lynching, basically. And lynching is not mm -hmm. exactly the best term to use, but a mob killed him, you know. And she was the accuser, um, and she actually never spoke about it until now. And I don't know, there's something disturbing about the piece in the sense that... Um, you know, she, you know, wants to be a part of the solution without, I don't know, having ever received any culpability in her part in this man's death. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So but that's it's the so point. convenient at 178 years old for her to say that now. I mean, this, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, you know, this kid was killed, you know? Yeah. And this is She's very important what people need to speak up because at that particular time, you know, I'm not trying to put myself in her shoes, but I can understand how being just, you know, yeah, I think she, well, yeah, she said she incited it, but at the end of the day, it's like, this is a kid. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, it's a, it's a, that makes it even worse. So she should go turn her ass in and I will be. We, we, recognize, <laughs> we recognize that he was, a, we recognize he was a kid. Do they yeah. recognize he was a kid? Because, you know, black, black boys really aren't children. Yeah. They're babies that are left by their fathers because our fathers aren't around. And then they're thugs and they're young hoodlums. And at 13 years old, you're a man. This man robbed this store. This man was walking down the street with this iced tea and the Skittles being menacing. 13-year-old man whistled at this white woman. Because he wanted to yeah. have her at some point. So, yeah, we had to take him out. Yeah. But, I, but I absolutely agree with you. Lock that bitch up. They were screaming, <laughs> lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let her spend the last of her days locked the fuck up. But see, because how do you make amends for a life that's lost? Right. Still was going to bring to this world. We'll never know. Because your bullshit got him killed. Yeah, pretty much. And there was another, there was, there was something else that I, I'm still in the process of making sure that this is even true. But this mm -hmm. woman is actually re uh, related to the governor of Mississippi. So how far yeah. do we really think that this is going to go? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, that was part a, of. She's a white woman, right? Yeah. She lives I think in the at the South. time. Mississippi of all places. <laughs> then that's then we have gone as far as we're gonna go. <laughs> yeah. It's true. We gotta we gotta do something. We gotta I, do I something. Think we 
we should build. I kind of think we should build a wall around Mississippi. <laughs> uh, really, y'all? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zayn. I'm sorry. <laughs> we should build a wall around around Mississippi. Throw some textbooks in that motherfucker, and you know, Jesus. let him out in twenty years. See what happens. Jesus. I was going to mention that the woman was actually a girl at the time as well. I mean, I think she was yeah. nineteen. But um, you know, and it, it, I mean, that is something to consider. But at the same time, when I was reading the article there was just a certain amount of bile that was building up in anger and just like, just, you know, even in the reporting of it, you know, it's great that she's come forward and talking about it now, but it's just like, I don't, I don't really hear anything you got to say. Right. <laughs> and I get that you're trying to make amends and that's good. I get it. And talking about it is important. I do. But I guess my personal feelings just get in the way. Then she's trying to clear her conscience before she goes see Jesus now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. There's a lot of that in there. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, it was a horrible thing to have weigh on you, but really. Yeah. And Xavier, I really, I was joking, but I do have a question for you. Being a, being a um, native Mississippiite. Mississippian. Okay. Um, you clearly are an exception to uh, the the larger rule. Why, why, why haven't you stayed there? Elevate. They don't pay enough. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that's not fun with like you have it. I'm just saying, Xavier. I want a Bentley before I'm 40, and they don't pay enough. <laughs> no, I, 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 I understand. And it seems like the and and again, I, I really was joking about the wall around Mississippi. Um, I have an ex who is from originally from Mississippi, and it just seems to me like the people that know better that looked around and said. Yeah, this is Mississippi. They don't live there anymore. Right. I mean, it, I I have a ball they got out. Visit, Don't get me wrong. I love when I go home and visit, see the family. The food is wonderful. Food is always going to be good. Uh, I always eat good. I mean, I'm fat now. Um, but at the end of the day, I know when it comes down to talking about building a life or African-American male in this country, you're already behind two eight long. And trying to do it in Mississippi puts you behind four more. So I'm like, before I try to continue this uphill battle, and that's what it would be as an uphill climb, I might as well go somewhere else, try this differently, and then let's come back and see what we can do with it. The thing about a lot of people in Mississippi is they're kind of on that unwilling to change. They're 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 relentless, and it's not just the white people in Mississippi. You also have to understand too. A large part of what has went on in Mississippi is because of the blacks that are there too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, remember I are. went to school there. Right, a lot of them like things the way that they are, and that status quo exists regardless. You know, I have a friend right now who, you know, on a daily basis, I call her and I ask her, you know, you complain, you sick of struggling, you talk about how you do better in your life, but you won't leave Mississippi, and that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. And that's what everybody's ever told you is that based on your field of the field that you're in and what you do for a living, 
you're just not going to get very far living here in Mississippi. And she just, it relentless that she's going to stay there. So like I told her, you're 41 years old. You, if you're going to stay there, you're going to stay in your situation. So there's no point complaining about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Change is just not favorite. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of in the same situation, but, um, yeah, I was going to do like uh, a few other uh, trending topics and give else another chance if you had a topic. Um, I know I had some topics I actually wanted to bring up on the um, M3 Life podcast, which you could do today. And um, this would be for Xavier and Shaka. We're um, in the planning stages, still trying to get our first episode recorded. Um, but the podcast is going to be about um, socialization, but also, you know, just w- things improving your life. Um, mind, body, spirit, you know, whole thing. And, uh, and I just want to talk about some of the issues. I mean, one of them had actually to do with the uh, cognitive dissonance of, you know, beliefs and so forth. But our initial episode was going to be on um, social influence. And so this was uh, one of those things about dealing with memory and, you know, the emotional salience of memories. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced the uh, concept of people who, you know, if your siblings, your parents mixing up your names with them. <laughs> I, have, I have a brother named Theo and um, my mom constantly just calls me Theo Malcolm because <laughs> she always says his name first and my name after uh, and calls him Malcolm Theo for whatever reason. And it's actually a uh, thing they said about how we organize information in our brain that we literally organize the way um, we organize, categorize information in our brain based on how emotionally connected we are to them. So you kind of do store in your brain the names of your children in a separate, more like flagged file. If It's not really a file, but <laughs> if you want to think of it like that. It's easier to recall those um, things, emotion <clears throat> memories. So that's one of the things that happens. You kind of mix up family members' names and information and stuff versus coworkers versus, you know, acquaintances and friends and so forth. Um, but it's also one of those things where uh, we are talking about when you break up with somebody. Uh, it is like memories of people who you were once in love with are kind of stored and remembered more saliently than you would ha- with other people. That's, I thought, interesting when we were talking about that discussion about friends, best friends and um you know, say a best friend and a person you're in a relationship with, uh, presuming you're in love with this person, you know, who are you more angry with? Um, I would be more angry with my best friend, but I'm probably going to think more about, you know, the relationship and the consequences and the fallout of it. And I guess it's just a natural physiological reason why that uh, those memories are stored and recalled much easier than um, more distant relationships. So, uh, I didn't really have a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a, you know, that was that, that was. was, that. was <laughs> but I, well, maybe maybe I can help explain and clear up some stuff about how people okay. remember things too, though. Okay. So there's such thing as mood congruent memory, and the way our memory works, the way our our memory functions, is that more things we have that can help us to recall that memory, we tend to remember things better. So if it's emotional and if it's both emotional 
emotional and situational, then those things are easy. So say a family member, say your mother, she remembers you based off of her emotions and then the ties that she has to you as her mother. But then she also remembers you based on situations. If I told her a story and the whole story without giving her character details, she can figure out if I'm talking about you or your brother. Yeah. Because remember I situation okay us to recall certain things because there's an emotional mental connection that exists outside the salient thing to say just this person's name or just this particular thing or whatever so when you start talking about an ex in a relationship then there's an emotional aspect of it there is some maybe even preconceived thoughts i can kind of see my ex cheating on me because this is the kind of personality that he has or this is how he naturally looks we've had this conversation and then there's the emotional part i felt this way because he cheated or this was a song that was playing when he cheated on me and i remember i found out he cheated on me and i remember how it made me feel so every time i hear that song this is the song that was playing when i found out greg cheated so forth and so on yeah. No, I, I kind of have that with What they found out about is that memory. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Memory studies, and they, they took mice. And it's like, colleges would take these little maids. Once they learned the maids, he would damage different parts to see if they could still run the maze. And what they what he found out was they could. So what he figured out, what, we, what we've come to understand about memory is that memory is not stored in one place. That pieces and parts of our memory are all over our brain and they put themselves together differently to manifest in a thought or a behavior or an action. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it is interesting when you think about how you recall memories, like you said, they're reconstructed based on little pieces from all over your brain. So you got... You know, you have visual and auditory and all these different things that are coming together. And one of the things they found out is that your current situation, where you are right now, will affect the way those memories are recalled. So, for instance, let's say, you know, you're having a, a memory of a something you ate, you know, um, and you happen to be nauseous at the moment. You will not believe, you know, you will not necessarily remember the food as delicious because your current mood is one of being ill and, you know, vice versa. Um, you know, if you happen to be super hungry at the time, a memory of any food, even if it was kind of disgusting, might seem a little better in that, in that part, because of the third state of being, um, and, you know, and there's that, that aspect to it. Um, I remember they, they talked about the concept of flashbulb memories, which is not necessarily accurate. You know, some people believe, you know, like if something, a great emotional trauma happens, you know, for instance, people kind of, especially people in New York will remember where they were during 9-11 and what happened, who they called and all these other memories. But they found that even flashbulb memories, even though more selling it, are still equally as corruptible. <laughs> you might be able to recall them very well, doesn't mean they're accurate. <laughs> it can still be false uh, based on, you know, like I said, you're reconstructing the memory over every time you bring it up and sometimes false information been in there or even um you know like the salience or something but i i was gonna i did interrupt you earlier xavier about this because i was gonna say it 
a little bit about it was I, I'm very careful about ringtones, especially songs that I like and putting them on names <laughs> because I will forever associate that song with them. Even if I like the song, I'd be all bitter about it. <laughs> it comes on. Say it's a great song with that motherfucker. <laughs> but I hate it. I hate it when it happens. I have to like, yeah, I, I, I use generic ringtones now instead of songs because I want to fuck up a song I like. I mean, I know. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because my brother posted this meme once and it said if you had to pick somebody to narrate your life, it would be. Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, what's the man's name? Tall, black, skinny guy. Played God in a few mm. movies. Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman. Where your options. All right. Okay. And, you know, everybody wanted James L. Jones. And some people wanted Morgan Freeman. I was like, no, I need Sam L. Jackson to narrate my life because I need to wear a motherfucker in there quite often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, he does say fucking like the best ways. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, he's famous for just cursing the children now as well. But. Go to fuck to sleep. <laughs> it <was really> good. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so is that. I think we talked a little bit about the Joint Chiefs of Staff and, and um, Paul, what is his name? I can't remember. Scott Bannon? Talked a little bit about that. But basically, Steve Bannon. Um, Steve Bannon. Yes, yeah, right. So um, I don't know if you heard about um, President Obama's book deal, but. Uh, he just received a paycheck for $26 million to write his memoirs. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew the book was coming, but the fact that it, they actually already paying him that much money. So I'm looking forward to this book. <laughs> I'm just saying it's on pre-order. As soon as it's available. How candid do you think that he can be when it comes to, you know, not necessarily, I mean, I'm not looking for him to tell like the right. secrets of the, you know, the White House or anything like that. But when it comes to like what he really thought when people were calling his wife an ape and calling his kids crazy names, and that's what I really want. If he puts that in the book, that's, I'm buying it. Yeah. Right. You know? I wouldn't expect those things. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't think they're off the table, but um, he is a, you know, trying to be a bridge builder. And so I'm pretty sure he's not going to mention them specifically. But I, I know from the previous two books of his, you know, Dreams from My Father and uh, Audacity of Hope. There's a clear separation like before he was a politician and after. Um, people don't give him credit, but, you know, Obama's a, a very skilled politician. And part of that is, if not lying, at least having tact, you know, like the ability to tell the truth without upsetting people. So I'm sure he's going to tell the truth. I, I do feel like he has a, a uh, commitment to that. But I don't think he's going to unnecessarily upset people if he doesn't have to or if he doesn't feel he has to. There are going to be people who will be upset with him because he's, you know, coming out with a book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he can. I just don't. In my eyes, he can. Well, I don't, I don't think it's not. I don't think he can do anything wrong because I adore Obama. But I just, yeah. you know, I'm just like, I, I, I want to know what's going on in those moments where. You know, he was pushed against adversity like any president does, you know. So one of the things I know is with these biographies, the reason why, you know, they are top sellers no matter what. I even read Bush's biography. 
which was uh, Decision Points. I read it. It was not horrible. Uh, they have a, they are, have a lot invested in the memoirs, you know, uh, the company. So they're going to have people working with him. But even beside that, Obama himself is just an excellent writer. Uh, he is. Uh, if you read anything he's written, uh, he just he, he expresses his ideas clearly, and he has interesting things to say. Uh, I admit the audacity of hope was uh, a little more boilerplate and much more, you know, like his campaign book. But um, it was still pretty good. And he had a few decent lines in there. Not nearly as good as his first one. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it. That's all I'm saying. I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm going to be trying to get it signed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to be on that book tour. I mean, right. on until I get a signature. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's see what else was in the news here. Uh What's this thing about Atlantic Station? Let me see. Click on that. The Falcons at Atlantic Station. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks. Now I'm going to have to click it. <laughs> it's like footballs. I don't know. Um, yeah. See the American Civil Liberties Union and their lawsuit. We talked a little bit about that. Benjamin Netanyahu. I can barely say that. <laughs> anyway, and now he's the uh, was the prime minister of Israel. Um, he's on the list. Um, Tim Cook. Um, we talked a little bit about this. Um, I, I I know I emailed this one to you, um, Chris, about Apple possibly getting into content creation, which is a thing. <laughs> Apparently, um, well, Apple gets into a lot of stuff. I mean, they have all those cars, which actually may become a thing, especially with long-haul trucking type deals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, like, what was the other thing they're getting into? Vaping? <laughs> yeah, they were talking about creating some... Well, they had a pad now for some type of vapor technology. Um, yeah. They want to detail what it's going to be used for. And, you know, again, Apple has like almost an infinite amount of like cash and coin. Yeah. So, you know, so the next, they, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say the next thing on their list is uh, Apple original content. Yeah. And Apple TV. Yeah. Like it it would make sense since Apple has a, you know, a pretty significant hold in, in, in media from music to, you know, podcasts to all different forms of streaming and, then also, when you think about um, their investment in in tools for content creators, you know, like filmmakers and video editors, Final Cut Pro. So, like, that all yeah. can tie into them really investing in creating their own, like, um, you know, uh, entertainment, TV, film platform. Because one thing I can say, like, about Netflix, and you look at, um, I guess you can even bring up, like, Amazon. Like, so Amazon... You know, clearly they have all their prime streaming services and their original TV shows and films, but also Amazon provides a lot of useful tools and resources for content creators. So if you're a filmmaker, Amazon will provide you with funding. They have different ways where you can stream your content exclusively on their platforms and bring in more revenue, things like that. So it's like, to yeah. me, I, I would I can see why Apple wouldn't jump on something like that because it's right up their alley, basically. You know. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I saw that they 
been involved in media for a while. Is, uh, we've had like contests for content creators creating movies and films with the iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, like which I could totally see them like featuring some of those on whatever streaming mm-hmm. device. Which is the other thing is that it'll probably be beyond just Apple TV. Like obviously yeah. they have their platform, but it'll probably just be an app available on Roku, Amazon, all of them. You know, mm-hmm. for the most part, um, those apps are inter- interchangeable. So you can watch Amazon on an Apple TV, and you can watch the new Apple TV service on an Amazon right. Fire Stick. Yeah, it's just now like I feel like if you're getting into like the online, you know, streaming business, you know, at least when it comes to television and films, like. You gotta really be on your stuff because Netflix is like dominating the game. Like even though you know Amazon and Hulu is out there, it doesn't come close to Netflix. Like Netflix, uh, their original content, like they're on top, definitely. No, I, I remember they did, they had some meme about this where it showed um, uh, Netflix walking by um, Blockbuster Video and shanking it and leaving it. Right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't forget Netflix is about that life. <laughs> they go. <laughs> <laughs> don't think about it. They murdered Blockbuster Video. <laughs> they will come for you too. Netflix does not play. So yeah, if 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 Apple has decided to jump on, I mean, I pretty sure don't make a formal announcement, but they need to already have like an A-list lineup for their original content. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't just yeah. come out with like, oh, you know, we got an exclusive deal with like Lifetime. Like who cares? Like you got right. you got to come out hard. Yeah, yeah. They did have some um, big name filmmakers, which I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, they're in development right now. So um, mm-hmm. probably by the end of this year, we'll have some of our first, first previews. You know, and- we'll do a press, press conference talking about like, you know, you know, we created online streaming. <laughs> this is our new innovation. You know, it's like, stop. yeah, it's likely to come in October. Like that's when they do the new iMac. They'll, they'll probably introduce a new product to go along with it, a new Apple TV. Right. Yeah, arm, a leg, and like your right testicle or some shit. I happen to like the new Apple TV, the one that came out last year, um, yeah. mainly because uh, voice search with Siri is excellent. Yeah, uh-huh. I type it in, and then the controller is just nice. So uh, it's a decent product. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, any you can download apps like games and stuff, and you can play them. So yeah. I mean, it's cool. Uh, it's not as good as the Amazon Fire Stick, but hey, <laughs> it's there. Right. And if you have a lot of iTunes stuff, you know, it's compatible with any, you know, obviously Mac computers and blah, blah, blah. All the ecosystem shit is there built in. Um, so there's that. Uh, let me see. I don't know if there's anything else. Did um, I don't know. I, I do want to do some cross M3 uh, <laughs> promotion because we just finished uh, <coughs> that recording on the M3 gaming podcast this morning earlier. So um, those are coming. And I, like I said, we got a few comments. People just kind of gawking at what you did with the, the edit, <laughs> which I did too. I kind of gawked. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> that looks good. Uh, it was very retro gaming look with the uh, Nintendo Switch as the frame. It looks pretty cool. So if you haven't seen that and you're into gaming, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube if you're not already, and you'll get a notification uh, once that is edited and posted. But yeah, Hopefully we'll have um, episode two and three up. Um, if not tonight, then definitely by tomorrow. So Yeah. 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 It was pretty cool. But I said, 
<laughs> in episode one, I had to admit, uh, Chris Grafton, who's on the podcast, and on the, had the like the best line about Batman superpower, which he talked about. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's accurate though. <laughs> That's a superpower. It's it's, it's enough money, <laughs> and nobody asking questions that um, you know he gets to go out and fight crime. There you go. <laughs> so, so you were in so where for half a decade training? What happened? I uh, no, no one asked. Like he's just yeah. <laughs> he goes missing in the middle of a board meeting. Nobody asks, like, what was he doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's rich. That's right. <laughs> oh, anyway, I did have a discussion about the uh, the doomsday clock. Or if you're familiar with that. I think it came out in the 1950s, um, this group of scientists dealing with nuclear proliferation. Uh, had a clock and it has like a minute. It's like minutes to midnight, you know, like midnight being the end of the world. And uh, the doomsday clock has a time on it, you know. Mm-hmm. So apparently, with the election of Donald Trump, we went up 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just 30 seconds? We're, we're at a minute and a half to midnight. They can't go that far. <laughs> we're already at two minutes to midnight. <laughs> they say, well, we can't do it a minute to. That'd be like the highest it's been ever since like the Cuban Missile Crisis. So they were like, well, a minute and a half. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty close. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like an acknowledgement that we are in an existential threat. Like he's, an ex- he's a threat to the survival of the world. <laughs> so, um, which I found interesting. And the, just the history of the doomsday clock is kind of interesting. Um, you know, throw it back to the Cold War. Uh, it's basically what it is. I guess that's about it. Scrolling through. I mean, Devon posted that meme again. <laughs> of Hillary Clinton. And y'all were worried about them damn emails. <laughs> anyway, yeah, which is a whole other st- discussion. But um, I mean, if there's nothing else, we can just go ahead and end the broadcast. I know, like I said, we got plenty to do in, yeah. in future episodes. So like I said, um, Xavier and Shaka and I are going to be hosting M3 Life podcast coming soon. And I'm hoping we'll get some guests as well. Um, I just like the perspective, like, I said, uh, Xavier keeps me on my toes with the science. And it's one of the, yeah, I mean, he knows his shit, and I, I definitely respect that. And uh, Shaka, you're writing about all the things that I'm most interested in and probably, like, a little bit jealous about. But anyway, <laughs> like, I wish I wrote. I wish I was writing more. I really do. But yeah. uh, this is the medium I find myself in. But, no, I really do enjoy your perspective on things, so it's going to be great working with both of you. Um. And yeah, hopefully we'll have that out very soon. I'll have my shit together. I, I did figure out some things as we were testing today uh, for the gaming podcast. Like, I don't have to like input it from my phone or my tablet. That when I play something on my screen, it plays through the audio automatically. The setup. So, I'm hoping to have some audio clips from this author uh, about social influence. Um, you know, in particular, talking about negative social influence. We often talk about how we are 
um, attracted to people because they are doing or saying the things that we like and we emulate ourselves after them. But one of the more interesting thing, things they talked about in his book was negative social influence. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But basically, competitors of, of certain designer handbags, you know, giving free product to Snooki and the, <laughs> and the cast of Jersey Shore because they just see them as so gaudy. That if they're wearing their competitors, hmm. uh, they figure like they will flock to them a little more, you know. It's a good rationale. I like that article when you sent it to me. I thought that was yeah. It's a real thing. Um, they use the example of also like the Lifestrong bracelets that Lance Armstrong was, you know, doing for donations to his foundation and talking to um, people on a uh, college campus where there's just like a nerd dorm where all the nerds started wearing these Lifestrong bracelets and they found obviously the other students stopped wearing them as much. <laughs> When all the nerds started wearing them, <laughs> because it, it labels you a nerd <laughs> a little bit. So, um, yeah, that'd be interesting if we can expand those into uh, those ideas. And I'll play them live. We should be able to use them because they are um, on public radio and um, they have a public license. So we'll play some short clips from that. And I'd like to expand into a discussion about that sort of influence in the black gay community or in the black community in general. I always feel like, you know, that's the audience that we're serving and we want to, you know, focus these greater, grander ideas toward our own community and, you know, talk about our experiences and, you know, our um, expertise and observation on that. So uh, that'll be coming up. I guess M3 Gaming Podcast will be out soon. Yep. Uh, Marco Estes is also hosting the M3 Entertainment Hangout. He's had a death in the family and also experienced severe weather because the whole South did. And uh, yeah, so he'll be back. He, he's dedicated. Let's just put it that way. And he knows a shit about television for sure. And is also an excellent writer himself. It should be noted. Um, so uh, he hosts the M3 Entertainment Hangout. And of course, we'll be back next Sunday. As always, uh, appreciate everyone's input. Um, we didn't do a check it out. If you want to do a check it out before we leave, I forget. I usually do that recommendation. Um, I think. Um, mm. I kind of already did mine, which was Revenge Body. <laughs> 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 I think it's great. I watch it every time I get ready for the gym. <laughs> it does make it's me kind of gets you in gear. Kind of, you know, it does. It does. The motivation. Yeah, it does. I'm like. Get that motherfucker back. <laughs> Show him you hot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it feels good. It does. Anyway. Yeah, I don't really uh, have to check it out in mind. Um, yeah, I don't have one in mind for this week at least. You know, at least it's yeah. not coming to me yet. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, all the uh, shows are coming back. I'm, I'm looking forward to The Walking Dead coming back. Yeah. Um, like I said, they're leading up to All Out War. You know, the gang is back. They're going to hopefully strike back against the Saviors. going to see, hopefully, Carol do some bad assery, which is coming up. Because you know how she fucked up Terminus. Like, yeah. The Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yeah. There's some shit's going down. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that as well when it comes up. And... 
as always, just go to mailmediamind.com. You'll find links to all of our social media accounts. And, uh, you know, you can always just inbox me on Facebook. I'm Malcolm Travers. Uh, thank you to everyone on the panel and to our audience today. Uh, we will catch you next week. Right. And, uh, peace. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the M3 Bear Essentials podcast. If you would like to support Mail Media Mind, please visit MailMediaMind.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media accounts, including Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to listen to our recording live, subscribe to us on YouTube and you'll get a notification. There, you can leave questions and comments in the Q&A. Also, make sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.